This is Delicious Matt Bear, and you're listening to Foot Stuff. wanted to tell you guys that i i have a surprise what that would just absolutely blow it if i just said it like well that. i have i feel like whenever you a have surprise. a surprise it's like it's always like i got all of you a pack of zebra gum it's like <laughs> thank you thank thank you for this thing that's just gonna like go under my car the seat of my car and i still have that i still slide. have that bag of big league chew up in there that he gave you like a year ago oh you i should I threw eat mine that. out no, <laughs> what <laughs> i ate it at work and i think rachel was pissed <laughs> Well, hey, gang, welcome to Footstuff Podcast. This is episode 73 of the Outdoor Recreation Comedy. We are ostensibly live and recording in Studio 7. Just outside of New York's largest wilderness area, Footstuff Podcast brings you stories of adventure, antics, and activism from around the country. My name is Tyler, game show dad, SoCash, and I'm joined tonight by a cluster of topical toponyms piquing my curiosity with their sexy backstories. To my immediate studio left, it's Delicious Matt Bear. (laughs) The Scrambler. The Jenkins Scrambler? Did you go no, to the Malone, the, the Malone County Fair? <laughs> <laughs> the what? Malone County Fair? Well, the, there was a fair at Malone. I don't know what county that is. <laughs> Malone had a fair. St. <laughs> Lawrence County. In Wade's Lounge is Wade Bashan himself. Swindy 3, Rise of the Machines. Whoa. <laughs> is that a Terminator reference? Yeah. God, I love Skynet. That's, that's what I think internet is, is Skynet. Hey, it's that man from the hospital, the inimitable Jeremy Utz. The Ohio Frogman. Oh, are you going back? I am a frogman. Oh, good. <laughs> well, he, ladies and gentlemen, has joined us once again in Studio 7. He's the author of six books. He's covered over <laughs> 15,000 miles on foot. And he's climbed over 2,000 mountains. His book, Cradle of the Union, a street-by-street history of New York's capital city, is available now. And you know he's important because he's sitting in the most uncomfortable chair in the room. <laughs> it's Eric Schlimmer. Well, it's good to be back. There are consistent themes. I do get the most uncomfortable chair. It was the only one empty when I walked in. And I'm already lost. Uh, Malone is apparently a county in New York now. And Basically. Some, something about Skynet. I don't know what's going on. Well, this week, Footstuff Podcast is going to bring you some hiker news. Then we'll do a deep dive about peak bagging in the Northeast. All four seasons. Eric Summer's going to bring us all the facts. But let's begin with a little bit of Footstuff. And Matt Bear, you've been scrambling. Yeah, well, I'll leave the uh, the big trip of the week to you because you're going to cover that. But yes, I did take part in the Jenkins Mountain Scramble over at the Vic. Now, was that up Jenkins or was it up old Jenkins? (laughs) Well, I did neither, actually. I did the coward's route, the 10K. There was a half marathon that did go up Jenkins. but Regular Jenkins. I decided not to do the regular Jenkins route. I did the 10K, which was really fun. It was actually the day after there was a big storm, so it was really cool. Um, And actually, the... The race hadn't been run in, I believe, four or five years, Um, and this was their first year back doing it, and it was awesome. About 45 participants. What What place have you gotten? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) They're still tabulating results. Yeah, I think there's probably still people out on So you definitely didn't win. Oh, no. No, definitely not. (laughs) They didn't give you a medal or anything? Nope. They, They did give some people syrup. 
but I didn't get syrup. <laughs> See, I no. feel like for a, for winning a scramble, you should get some eggs. But oh, and a winner's omelet. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that, that's <laughs> that more appropriate. Great. But I guess not. The winner's circle is just a, a booth, a breakfast booth with a, <laughs> with a grand slam sitting on the table. Oh, hell yeah. That sounds Welcome so good. Welcome to the good. winner's circle. How do you like the eggs? <laughs> Denny's presents the chicken <laughs> scramble. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah, it was a great event. It was really fun. And yesterday I was over at the Blueberry Mountain Trails in Elizabethtown, Sick. which was really Ooh. fun. I did about a six-mile loop on my mountain bike. Really fun. Checked out a whole bunch of new trails that I hadn't been on before, and it was really fun. I only went over the handlebars once. Well, almost. <laughs> almost. A tree did save me. Oh, good. Wait, you went over the handlebars into a tree? Well, like a half. I, I started going over, and then I like caught the tree, and I was able to right myself. Mm. But it was almost very bad. Sounds weird. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> but glad, I'm alive. We're glad you're back, Bear. <laughs> Wade Bastion. Hello. You've been pushing paperwork through an office. You've been digging privies, <laughs> sharpening pencils. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, so after last week's recording, I did not go with you guys on your adventure. So instead, I went home and played Zelda. Tuesday, I went swimming for a bit with my uh, dollar store tube, which was a lot of fun. Ooh. That's what color value. is it? Uh, it is green, I think. My, I green think is green. nice. Yeah. Uh, and then I went back in the woods to Lake Colden, and there is a segment that you I would see, like you to You seem to go there back. a lot. seem to go there yeah. a lot. Yeah. Wooly Wade's Woody Wisdom? Wooly Wade's Woody Wisdom. So, just it's put just it out there. fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. Don't poop in the Lake Colden area. Just don't your poop the cans anyway. ever again. Uh, no. Um, if you set a place and a night, or a... An, a Wait, a generic wait, time. <laughs> if you set a place in generic time to meet up with friends in a hiking party that you've split up with, wait around and meet up with them, and don't just continue on because you will figure your friends will meet up with you. See, because... I have to disagree. My number one rule in the <laughs> woods is I leave a man behind. Yeah, <laughs> don't man, woman, or child don't will be behind. left behind. If your if your plan is to meet up with people, meet up with them because you will make a lot of people have quite a few headaches this is good hiking advice yeah. for literally anywhere yeah especially people coming it's through the lake golden even if you're not hiking even if you're just supposed to meet someone like yeah. at denny's just meet up just go. for a scramble yeah, yeah. there's a scramble there a scramble. it is good it is good um so yeah uh cordial wade <laughs> some fun in the woods um i did have to move the outhouse up at the feldspar <laughs> lean to um, the mound of poop was... You should, you should have your own magazine that's called, like, Outhouse Quarterly. <laughs> Outhouse Quarterly. Tyler's picture's on the front is, uh, like, a wanted have poster. Have you seen this criminal? <laughs> he destroyed an outhouse. Uh, yeah, so move, moved an outhouse. That was fun. And, uh, saw my first bear of the season. Ooh. Um, I yelled at it and it ran away. So Did you yell bear? Yes, I did. Yeah, that's, uh, how you, that's how you do it. I was I was leaving the McMartin lean to heading south, and I heard a couple twigs snapping behind me. And this was around like seven o'clock at night. This is almost and everyone's nightmare. Go I, on. Well, I heard the twigs snapping, and I thought to myself, "That's either a person or a bear." So I stopped and waited. Kept hearing the twigs snapping. Turned around, figured out where it was, and then just saw the bear's head pop out like. 30 feet behind me in the trail what was then in front of me because i turned around i saw it it saw me we both looked at each other i yelled bear and it 
It was like, Wade. It went, whoa. <laughs> it went, hell. <laughs> Ran right through the McMartin site into the little swamp there. So uh, that was That's fun. That's crazy. I would yeah. have immediately thought, Skinwalker. It's a Skinwalker. <laughs> it's a goddamn Cyclops. It's one of these things. Yeah, so that was interesting. Apparently, the bears have, have been very active up at Uphill and Feldspar, so I went through there, picked up a bunch of trash, talked to a bunch of people, made sure everyone had bear cans. So again, make sure you bring bear cans out to the High Peaks areas. And yesterday, Magnus the Red and I went out to go on a paddling trip past Tupper Lake to Lowe's Lake. Oh, so To sick. Old nice. Horsehead Island was the was the goal uh, to see the big floating bog out there. Oh, I so, thought you said the floating horsehead. No, <laughs> no, is that there too? There might be. That's some a different lake. There. That's a different <laughs> yeah. movie. Uh, so we. The first wildlife encounter we had on the trip was hitting a bird with the canoe that was strapped to the top of my car. <laughs> Not sure what type of bird it is, but it's probably dead now. Um, then we saw you should have taken it home and smoked it. <laughs> we saw a couple of turkeys right after that, but that was on the wrong road that we were driving down. So it was a bit of a late start we got. Um, then once on the river, uh, uh, on the what is it, the Bog River, Bog. River, Bog River Flow. Yeah, Bog River Flow. Uh, the wind was in our face the entire time. Um, so we were Which is paddling. what you want when you're paddling. Yeah. At least it wasn't a bird. At least it wasn't birds. It probably made your hair look really cool, though. It was, yeah. You probably it, looked I like looked a bass real, player. Yeah, I did look like a bass player in a music video. It yeah. was almost, almost like yeah. Nick. Yes. You just didn't almost. have the cut-off flannel. No. Or the cut-off jean shorts. Cool. Um, so we were paddling and paddling and paddling. Eventually got... All the way out to Site 27 there on Lowe's Lake, which was fantastic, beautiful place to be, uh, right across from the uh, from the bog, the, the Horsehead Island itself. Um, so set up camp, had a nice little fire, spent the night, and then in the morning it was gorgeous. Right around six in the morning, sun's coming up, hitting right into the lake, or hitting right into our campsite. We're listening to loons far off in the distance that are calling, and in the campsite over right next to us about 100 ravens yelling at each other. And God, if you want to wake up to the most beautiful sound in the world, it, nothing quite like a raven, just... <laughs> I, have to deal, I have to deal with this every day when I park in the hospital. Dude, the, was, roof of the, like, the, uh, the roof of the hospital is covered in fucking crows. It's insane. And they're so loud. Yeah. So uh, that was an interesting way to wake up. Uh, but then went all around the bog there... Uh, right around 8 or 9 in the morning when the water was still pretty calm, and that was nice. And then on the way out, the wind was pretty gentle and at our backs, so uh, that was nice. And then we got back to the car, went to Racket River Brewing, which was very nice. And then on the Sick. way home, I, uh, Maggie and I made a stop because today is Tyler's birthday. Uh-oh. And we had to get a present ready for Tyler. So Maggie had almost a full punch card at the pine cone, so we had to stop there. And fill the rest of the punch card. Whoa. So Tyler, you now get a free cone at the pine oh, cone. That oh is God. incredible. So take that, need it. Uh, but <laughs> thank you. The Wade one and last Maggie. thing that I have to say: when Maggie sent you the picture of us eating ice, or I think just of me eating ice cream, you said if we had made any other choice, it would have ruined your birthday. Yeah. So I have to break this to you: we made another choice. You also ate. Ice cream at Donnelly's? We went through Lake Clear on the way back from Tupper Lake to go to Donnelly's to have the superior Adirondack Hell ice cream yes. before going to the Pine well, Cone. Well, thank you, for your birthday present. So. Thank you. This is, what a birthday. Thank you. That's very cool. Yeah. 
Th- and I'm glad to hear that the collateral damage didn't do you in with that bird. <laughs> no. Whatever it was. No, and it wasn't even my boat that we hit with the birds. So okay. So nice. I don't even really care. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jeremy Utz, you've had adventures this week. Yeah, we um, we left Wade behind and went on a big adventure, but we'll talk. I'll let you talk about that, okay. Tyler. Um, the day after we got back, I felt like shit, uh, <laughs> naturally, when I woke up. So I slept in a little bit, and then it was like kind of like spitty outside it wasn't like really raining but it was dilophosaurus spitty yeah very spitty so uh we put the boats on the car and drove just over to averyville road and we drove just past the trailhead for the northville placid trail right on the side of the road there there's a little oh yeah i don't know if you've ever seen it but you can you're allowed to park your car there and there's a like tenth of a mile carry to the Chub River. Chub River. Went back fl- to the Chub. Chub River this time we headed upriver from there, and we only went about a mile. Um, the weather started to turn a little bit, so we didn't quite go much farther than that. I think it's like 1.1 miles to the first carry, and we passed through two beaver dams, which was really cool, and um, yellow pond lily everywhere, blooming even with the little yellow flowers. Really cool. There's a lot of like. Um, aquatic grass that grows in the chub. Mm-hmm. So paddling through is really cool. And we noticed on the way back that if you stopped paddling and just sort of coasted the boat and looked off to the side, you could see tiny, tiny gold-rimmed eyes everywhere. And we we're completely surrounded by leopard frogs. Oh, wow. wow ranging really cool. in size from about my thumbnail to maybe... Um, I would say an iPhone 4. iPhone 4? <laughs> yeah. I saw several that were rectangular. They were long and thin. Um, pretty nice. Not as nice as a 5 or a 6. But pretty nice, pretty nice leopard frog. Is this I, before it went to the lightning charger? Like... Yes. I think that's the yes. Before, right? Okay. Cool. I just need to get the picture. Yeah, they, in my they mind. had the wide mouths. Yes. <laughs> we and we did spot two fish right by a beaver dam. I'm not really sure what they were. They weren't like the small guppy minnows you normally see. They were as a proper fish. I'm not sure what it was, but really cool. It's really cool to see all the frogs. They're just chilling right on top of the lily pads. If I had to guess, I'd say they're all adolescents that used to be tadpoles, probably at the beginning of the season, and now grown to be. Uh, proper frogs but that was about it that's all i really really did i did after work friday maybe it was thursday take the boats down to the first pond second pond um second pond boat launch it's uh, how you like access the saranac lake wild forest campsites we went the other way though on second pond and we took that channel going towards oceda yeah which is actually pretty beautiful, pretty nice. The motorboat thing is kind of weak, and they have like the red and green buoys. That's kind of weak, too. But we didn't really see anybody, so it was nice. We paddled in, and I'd say almost to the lock with Oceda on the left-hand side, there's some giant boulders. Yes, there are. So naturally, I beached the boat and got out and started climbing on them and climbed to the top of this one, and it was really cool, cool view. And on the way down, I went down the like the front side of it, which was all slopey, 
and I must have like slid down through some sort of a bee's nest. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I and then as soon as that happened, I realized Ooh. that I did happen to notice a lot of bees <laughs> in, <laughs> in like in and around the rocks before I started climbing. So I did get stung and a couple of times. And there was some sort of like constant buzzing sound. Yeah, it was, it was like all coming it was all like coming back to me as I was being attacked by bees. There's that big sign that said get the fuck away there's bees. <laughs> yeah, there's, so there was bees. I did get stung like two or three did times. Did you eat any of them though cuz they're filled with that delicious honey. I wanted to. I was hoping I to find ones filled work. with jelly too cuz I like honey and jelly together. I think that's good. Oh, that is good. So I ran through th- through some shallow water and then um, screamed <laughs> and paddled back out into the waterway and at that point is when I noticed that a thunderstorm had been brewing behind me the entire time and I uh, Danny and I paddled for our lives back to the car. <laughs> Where there was an aquatic steward who did check my boat. Who did treat you for anaphylaxis. She did do a good job. And I got some informative pamphlets. Excellent. Nice. That wow. was my week. Wow. Exciting week. I love a good pamphlet. Hey, can't be too careful. There could All be right. some shit on your boat. <laughs> well, let's turn the mic over to Eric Schlimmer. Eric, you're back in Studio 7. Before I talk about a trip to the Footstuff Podcast sanctioned White Mountains, <laughs> where Jeremy, Matt Bear, and I got to go last week. Beautiful. We want to hear what you've been up to. Well, it's been a year, so a man can get a lot done <laughs> in a year. A lot of snowshoeing this past winter, but I've just been kind of actually doing different things. I have some... Uh, an older couple that I'm now friends with, and they love me guiding them to abandoned mill sites in the Adirondacks. <laughs> you can't uh, make that shit up. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So it's pretty, it is actually pretty cool. It's yeah, pretty it's cool. cool. This yeah. past weekend, we were at an 18... 18- 70 clothespin factory way Whoa. out what? in the woods. I forgot those even existed. Yeah. Clothespins. Yeah. And uh, earlier, a 1911 steam powered sawmill that made tent pegs for soldiers in World War One overseas. That's wow. amazing. What? So we're finding some pretty cool stuff. I've also been down the Catskills. I work with a, a retired ecologist hunting big trees. He maps first growth forest. And the last trip, we found second biggest hemlock in the entire range, third biggest yellow birch in the entire range, and then we set the new record for the biggest, oldest black cherry in the entire Catskill Mountains. Awesome. This guy's a legend. He's a retired ecologist at Paul Smith's, Dr. Mike Kudish. That's crazy. And How do you go about finding a big tree like that? Wait, no, so you yeah. you got to get the around? dogs to get the scent. <laughs> if I understand hunting, you, there's a lot of dogs involved. I bet that yes. cherry tree could have made a l- fuck ton of clothespins. <laughs> it really could. Or a fuck ton of cherries. <laughs> uh, so that's fun. Just getting out and doing different stuff. Not necessarily running up mountains all day. But today was cool. So I've been in the car for 11 hours. So I started in my home just outside of Albany. I picked up two prospective trans Adirondack route through hikers at the southern terminus. Sweet. I just dropped Whoa. them off at the northern terminus. Oh, nice. hell yeah. And they have great style. They came all they drove all the way from Idaho to Whoa. hike this. Whoa. No wow. way. So as we speak, they're Shout probably setting up their too. tent. Yeah, pretty neat. Sweet. But they're Wait, there's more. Oh, no. <laughs> did they give you potatoes? They did not give me <laughs> oh, potatoes. Man. They're going Bums. to do a side trip up Marcy and Huff Peak, 
Uh, so they're extending the hike by about 40 miles. So it's going to clock in around 300. They specifically chose Huff because he is Franklin B. Huff's great grandson. Whoa! Oh my goodness! Who of what course? What the fuck? Forest Service, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Helped create the Adirondack. What a Park. twist! He oh wrote, my god! Yeah. He was a historian. Helped create the Adirondack Park, and wow. of course, Huff Peak is named for this gentleman. So. Yeah. It was pretty cool. So I gave them a ride today, and I wish them best of luck. And I hit a couple <laughs> Snickers bars at their first camp nice. to be a nice guy. Sweet. And here I am. That's awesome. Wow. So cool. Thank you, Eric. Well, Sweet. Cool. That was <laughs> incredibly <laughs> unique update. Yeah, that's, wow. that's rad. Okay, so uh, in lesser news, from New Hampshire. <laughs> play the music. In very beautiful news. <laughs> yes. So... Th- Jeremy, Matt Bear, and I managed last week to go to the White Mountains. Literally right after we finished recording. And literally everything that could go wrong did go wrong. <laughs> the, <laughs> besides the Thai food. Plan ahead and prepare. Wade, that is the over that is the theme. Wade or Eric, which type of oh, the animal did you think we would see first? Moose. Uh uh big beaver. Close to a closer to a beaver, we saw a stink weasel, a skunk. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the very first mammal that we saw. The Adirondack stink weasel. I think that threw me off because I stopped navigated navigating and started looking for animals. Made the wrong turn around a mountain and got us lost uh, in the backwoods of New Hampshire. But that's okay because we pulled over. We had an actual paper map, and we found... Because there was no service. There was no service. We found a campsite, a state-run campsite called Wildwood, Yeah, and we knew we had to go. So we went to Wildwood and stayed the night. It was a beautiful campsite, a little bit of a wild card, and we were able to have a great night. Other than my headlamp dying... As soon as I turned it on, it blinked three times, <laughs> meaning it's out of batteries, and then shut off. Other than that, it was great. But we got right to the trailhead in the morning because uh, three years and one month prior, I had made the mistake while hiking the Appalachian Trail. I did not hike Liberty uh, and the Flume. The Liberty is 0.3 miles away from the Appalachian Trail. It is Trail. so close. <laughs> yeah, it's actually... Quite easy. That section in between it is Shout out pretty to chill. the thru-hiker we saw, Driftwood, who also made that mistake and did not go up there. Yeah. She's going to have to go She'll back. She'll go back. She'll go back. I did look this up. The Appalachian Trail does pass over the summit of 15 of New Hampshire's 4,000 wow, footers. Cool. And uh, the, when I went through, I was able to do a few more side trips, so I had a few more, but I had skipped Liberty, and that's what I had left to do the 48 peaks above 4,000 feet in that state. And I was so lucky to have Jeremy and Matt with me. We climbed up to the flume, had a great summit view from the flume, mm. continued on the Franconia Ridge to Liberty. Uh, Matt Bear g- gave me a little surprise shot of Fireball Whiskey, which, yes. was, which was great. And then we headed on the historic... Franconia Ridge, the oh, Ridge it was Trail, amazing. and the fields of Diapensia, the mountain sandwort, the the Boots Rattlesnake route. It, there was so much alpine. I've flora. never seen that much alpine in yeah. my life. It was awesome. And I also fields of Diapensia. I'm also not so That's sure cool. if I saw if I've ever seen that many people. <laughs> yeah, there yeah, were a really? lot of people on a well, Tuesday. Well, we or, didn't. Right? So the first two peaks, which aren't on 
like the actual main ridge, yeah, we saw two people, two people total, and then wow. as soon as we got to Lincoln, fields of people. Well, it was. I thought the most crowded area, which was, I thought it was the most peculiar spot, which had the most people, which was that flat alpine zone. For us, it was before yeah, you get to Lincoln. Yeah, the fall summit of Lincoln. Yeah, yeah that, yep. we didn't even stop because it was mobbed with people. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why you they chose huh. to all stop there, but mobbed It with reminded people. me of a line from Aldo Leopold's San County Almanac. That you probably read, what, like, 70 pages roughly (laughs) and six hours ago Uh, so the quote is parks are made to bring music to the many but by the time the many are attuned to hear it there is little left but noise and i thought you know all these people going to the ridge it's it's a good thing also a, a bit of a troublesome thing but the watermans lauren guy waterman helped build that footpath on top of the ridge to help protect the alpine vegetation, but also get people efficiently and safely to the summit. They did the a good job. They did yeah, a great really job. Uh, so what a fun trip to the Whites. It was great to go back on the Franconia Ridge. I do have to shout out uh, that we met Danielle Berteau and Amanda Powers. And if they're listening, <laughs> they've got some... They're not listening. <laughs> they've got some good handshakes. They were very excited to say hi. Uh, we then saw Cannon, which I thought was the best view. Oh, the view of Cannon, the entire day we saw it from probably like six different vantage points, I think. That was my favorite part of the whole trip, yeah. seeing that. The cliffs are insane. The view of Cannon, I learned that it's the tallest cliff face in the northeast. It's about just over 900 feet tall. Wall face. I always thought wall face in the Adirondack Mountains was, it was the tallest. Too. It's just under 800 feet. So mm. Cannon is a full 100 feet plus taller. Wow. Uh, but wall face is the tallest cliff face in New York State. Mm. Which was a fun fact. Uh, Met bear inspired. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, th- then I just wanted to add that the after. Thank you both, by the way, Jeremy and Matt, because you're the only two people I hiked any of the 48 peaks with in New Hampshire. So it was uh, great. Yeah, Fantastic. they're beautiful. White mountains. Beautiful this time of year. I'd go back. You know what? This is what I'll say about the White Mountains this time of year. I did not see hear or feel a single fucking biting fly or a mosquito the whole time we were or there. Or any mud. And I had on my short shorts. Or any mud. No mud. There was Literally one, one no little mud. patch of darker soil. Yes, of, dark, of wet soil, but it was not mud. And the one thing that they do have also, Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, that's oh true, we have yeah. one too, though, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Theirs is better. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I did, which I want to say real quick, is Marnell and I, we went to the Northville Placid Trail trailhead this week. And did found, you guys leave and then go get ice cream? We found it mobbed. The trailhead was packed. So we didn't hike the trail. We actually put our boat in the Chubb River. The Jeremy... You Utz did not. ...sanctioned Chubb, Chubb River. Did you go upstream or down? We went downstream just for a little bit. Cowardly route. Yeah, that's very <laughs> short. I like that. I like that. You we can't hit, go very far. No, we hit a dam in a matter of minutes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but then we put the boat back on the car and then put it into the west branch of the Osable and just let the current take us. We just went downstream. We saw a mink... Which is a wet You weasel. did not. Yeah. We saw a mink. We That's saw awesome. a whole flock of cedar waxwings. So I looked up facts about minks and cedar waxwings. Which one you want first? Um, waxwings. Wax wings. Wax, yeah. yeah. So they have a hopping courtship where the male hops. Same. And then the female hops if she likes what's going on. Yeah. And then they yep. pass small objects back and forth like insects and stuff. Isn't Sounds that endearing? Right. Yeah. Huh. 
Uh, minks only live three years in the wild because of th- things like foxes and bobcats and coyotes and humans. That's a terrible fact Same. compared to the waxwing. <laughs> they all want a taste of that wet weasel. <laughs> all those things. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to bring you some hiker news from around the country. I have got terrible news. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, gang. Welcome back to Footstuff. <laughs> well, Tyler, do you have a news story? I have, I have news. So this news story comes from Texas. Okay. And yeah, it's terrible. Uh, well, Which state is Texas, Jeremy? That's the uh, boil and peel shrimp state. <laughs> really? Yeah. They have a lot of shrimp there, huh? Yeah. I've, I've been there four times. I've been there twice, I think. I, I don't sat think I in the shrimp. window of the book depository, looking out over Dealey Plaza. Is that where you got the shrimp? No. <laughs> I bought some sunglasses there, though. <laughs> Do you see the grassy knoll? I did see the grassy knoll. And get this, gentlemen, on top of that grassy knoll, shrimp stand. Wooden fence. Ooh. Wooden Ooh, fence. Conspiracy <laughs> theory. Wooden fence. Um, I went to fenced it. Texas twice. And once I went there specifically looking for Bill Paxton. He's dead. <laughs> find him. I didn't, I didn't find him. I think he's dead. Well, two zebras managed to escape. <laughs> escape from a property in New Braunfels, Texas on Wednesday. But unfortunately, there wasn't a happy ending. Oh, no. So the New Braunfels like Free Willy? Police Department... <laughs> Where he gets reintroduced to the wild, even though he grew up in captivity and probably can't feed himself in the wild, and he doesn't have a family to swim with, and he's fucking alone, and the only friend he had was a little boy who can't swim in the fucking ocean with him, so he just has to swim alone forever until he's dead, like that? But, you know, like a zebra. (laughs) Police. Police. Police said two zebras escaped from a ranch. And then they went swimming across the Guadalupe River. (laughs) What? (laughs) Hey, I looked this up so you don't have to. The Guadalupe River is 230 miles long. How many wades is that? Oh, it's a lot of wades. Where's the interns? Uh, So police said these, these... the first zebra galloped and trotted along city streets after coming out of the Guadalupe and went underneath an interstate. Uh, that animal was tran- tranquilized, and actually they had to bring it down by uh, using a helicopter. And <laughs> That's police- a hell of a tranquilizer. You just crash into it with a helicopter. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the end of every diehard. Um, so police worked for over an hour to corral the animal. The zebra was sedated, briefly airlifted to a truck, and then to a trailer where then it died. <laughs> so, Aww. yeah, it's very sad. Aww, what about the other one? So, this, a second animal was originally returned in fine condition. <laughs> and the owners. Low mileage zebra. The, the owners. Wait, they, you say a second animal. Did it just turn out to be like a spray painted donkey? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a zebra. So, this second zebra was brought back, but the owners were pretty careless and it escaped twice and got out again late, wait, late Wednesday night. Yeah, so unfortunately... They need some better fences. Yeah, unfortunately, though, that that zebra also was did not survive the second recapture. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you mean? Was it, did they kill it? Well, <laughs> zebras don't like to be behind 
uh, be oh, behind bars. Zebras sorry. don't like to be behind bars. They yeah, already have but, the bars. But they are they're already wearing a prison's out like a, <laughs> a, a inmate's outfit. Matt Bear likes to be behind bars. Zebras like to be in stripes. <laughs> he loves breweries. He does. Why oh. are we talking about zebras? <laughs> well, it's just if you see something that's black and white and red all over, um, be careful. It's not a newspaper, kids. It's a dead zebra. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a zebra with eczema. Eczema? Eczema. Or eczema? <laughs> Sunburned penguin? Eczema? There's funny things afoot in our country. Wade, you have some news. Uh, real quick news. Before I read this, quick reminder. Uh... If you're coming to camp in the high peaks, bring a bear can. Uh, this story comes to us from Denver, Colorado. I know it would be about Colorado. bear cans or poop. Wildlife <laughs> officials search for a bear that chased hiker's dog. Wildlife officials are searching for a bear that showed no fear towards a hiker and chased one of his dogs on a Colorado Springs trail. This was earlier this week. A guy was hiking with his two dogs in the Red Rock Canyon open space. When a bear approached him, the man told Colorado Parks and Wildlife officials that he kicked the bear in the face and threw rocks at it until it ran away. <laughs> Uh, but the bear was uh, not scared of him and uh, making noise and approached his dogs and apparently chased him. What kind of dog dogs. was it? Was it like a coward's dog? It like was a, a smaller dog. No, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, like Probably a coward's, a coward's dog. dog. Uh, Probably like what? Like a blender-sized dog? <laughs> blender, <laughs> blender to toaster, but It was smaller, the size of a Nutribullet, roughly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you see a bear, I mean, if it's not scared of you, watch out. But that, you know, I don't know. Yell at him. Matt bear, bear you have some great bear. story. You do you have bear news? It's not bear news. No. Oh, it's just Matt Bear news. It's leather bound but it notebook is from news. Great Barrington. Whoa, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yes, indeed. Holy hiker recovering after a seventy-five foot fall from a cliff on Monument Mountain. Whoa! So uh, hikers wow. saw Oof. the unnamed woman fall around one p.m. and then called in help. So more than fifty rescuers from at least eight different public safety departments responded. It took them a really long time to first locate her. They had to rappel down. Well, yeah, they didn't know what to call her. She's no (laughs) name. Unnamed, yeah. And the paramedics rappelled down to reach her and stabilized her there before having to set up a rigging system to haul her back up to the top of the cliff, where then there was yet another rope system set up to lower her down the steep hiking trail, uh, which took several hours, and then once they were down that part, they were met by an ATV, and then she was airlifted to Albany from the parking lot. And so she did have serious injuries, but is expected to make a full recovery. So thanks to all the rescue Sweet. workers out there. Yeah, that's awesome. Good job. Be careful if you are near a precipice this summer. You don't. You don't have to go all the way to the. You don't edge. have to fall over it. Because it's gravity, right? Gravity will take you down. It will bring you down. So be careful. Stay back from the edges. Get your pictures and enjoy the views from a safer distance. I don't believe in gravity. (laughs) (laughs) With that fact, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do a deep dive into peak bagging across the Northeast. The Earth is flat. Where was the clothespin factory near? You don't have to give exacts. Where were they making these clothespins? The clothespin factory is on the Trans Adirondack route by chance. Whoa. And uh, the abandoned site is called Glasgow Mills because it was run by a, name, a guy named uh, Ralph Glasgow. And it's a couple miles outside downtown Kroga Lake. Whoa. 
That's near the southern end of the Trans 80K. It is, three miles from the end. Woo! That's cool. It's sick. What about that old mill by the Moose River? I've always wondered, growing up in Old Forge, what was happening by that mill by the Moose River, by the trailhead for Woodhall Mountain. Ever see that one? On the I haven't. Mo- most renants you're going to see, I mean, anybody's guess is as good as mine. If it's a really stout foundation, it's most likely a forge. If it was a sawmill, they didn't bother putting in stone foundations. Interesting. Very. Old Forge. Okay. Old Let's Forge. take it easy. Well, <laughs> yeah. right. well, hey, gang, welcome back to Footstuff Podcast. So, peak bagging. Footstuff has covered this topic before, but not into such great detail. It's been happening way back when. The first time I know about it, 1642. when Mount- That's the day Columbus sailed the ocean blue. <laughs> You got that a little mixed. Really? <laughs> was the ocean not blue then? Yeah, it's, like a, it's more like a blue-green. Ah, uh, yeah. 1642 is when Mount Washington had its first recorded ascent, and that's always surprising to me because it took 195 years in 1837 before William C. Redfield, Ebenezer Emmons, and a whole bunch of unknown woodsmen <laughs> ended up going up Mount Marcy for the first recorded time, but apparently, Eric... People have been hiking these mountains for quite a while, and they've been hiking them in enchainments and during all times of year since those old timey times. Enchainments? Yeah, it's when you hike a whole bunch of mountains in a in a in a row. Yeah, when you I chain your ankles word. together, uh, that way no one gets lost. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. <laughs> I've been there before. They make you pick up trash sometimes too. Got one of those zebra jumpsuits on? Yeah, yeah and there's usually a guy that you gotta call him boss. He's going to get mad. <laughs> yeah, then you dress up as a zebra. <laughs> so, Eric, you've been researching peak bagging in the Northeast. For one reason, why? Just interest? Just interest. I'm interested in Adirondack history, all kinds of history. Sawmills, uh, mines, forges, settlement history, peak bagging, you name it. If it's history in the Adirondacks, I'm pretty much into it. So, peak bagging has been going on in earnest for just about a century now, right? So somebody had the idea, and it was uh, the Marshall Brothers and their guide, Herb Clark, way back in the 1920s. They're going to climb every peak that they thought at the time was over 4,000 feet. And some of those with newer newer surveys have been uh, cut off at the shins. They're a little bit less than 4,000 feet, but the tradition still holds. So it started out with them in 1925. They finished on June 10th, 1925, on Emmons. Their first peak ever <laughs> was Ampersand Mountain, but their first high peak was Whiteface. So they did that. I don't know if they were first in the country because somebody climbed the Colorado 14ers in the 20s or 30s, and I can't remember off the top of my head. But we're wow. concerned with the Northeast, wow. right? Yeah. So boom, they kick it off in 1925. And this is what happens around the country. So somebody's going to hike a list of, say, 46 peaks, well, now somebody's going to do a list that has more peaks. Of course. And you'll Gotta see this up. peak bagging history. It's more and more and more and more and more. So by the time we get towards the end of this list, we have somebody hiking the 1,000 highest peaks in New England. I mean, this is a pretty big yeah. deal. <laughs> so 1925, 4,000 footers in the Adirondacks. Great. 1948, all 4,000 footers in the Northeast. So you've got the 46. You've got the two peaks in the Catskills, five peaks in Vermont. 48 in New Hampshire, and a dozen in Maine. All right, so the Northeast, 111, even though, are, even though there's 115 peaks today. So mm-hmm. now we're already up into the 1940s. 1952, wow. 
Somebody hiked the Catskill 3,500 footers. There's 35 of them. 1969. That's we a have, weird coincidence. Sorry to interrupt. It is, yeah. 35, huh. 3,500 footers. That yeah, is a coincidence. It is. We yeah. got to look into that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right? It would be like having 40, 4,000 footers. Yeah, right? Or something yeah, like weird. that. Huh. Right? <laughs> a little suspicious. Mm-hmm. So now we're up into the 1960s. Uh, circa 1964, somebody climbs the New England 100 highest. All right, so now we've got our first list of 100 peaks specifically, though the Northeast has 115. 1972, now they're in the Adirondacks. Uh, A team hiked the Adirondack 100 highest peaks, but they used a weird rule. So when you make these lists, you have to figure out what is a mountain and what is not a mountain. Yeah. The traditional rule is, in the Northeast, it rises at least 200 feet on all sides. That's it. The 46ers use this obscure, weird rule, 300 feet in the Catskills. It has to be like a half mile from another peak, and it's just kind of a kooky way to do it. But the Adirondack 100 highest peaks using a 300-foot rise rule, 1972. Now, about that same time, somebody climbs the New Hampshire 100 highest. All right, so now we've got a couple 100 highest lists done. The guys who hiked the 100 highest peaks in the Adirondacks in the 70s, they were back up in the Adirondacks. They climbed all the 3,000-footers. How Ooh. many is that? We don't know because they used a 300-foot rise rule. Oh, okay. They're, I, I'm guessing probably around 170. So that is wow. quite commendable. And this is in the 70s. That's, yeah. External frame packs, no Gore-Tex. Yeah. You know, those lame A-frame tents and yeah. big clunky boots. <laughs> Cast yeah, iron everything. Metalics to hammer Cast iron tent. tent. Yeah. Cast iron everything. And just huge <laughs> sideburns. Yeah. Huge yeah. side. They burns. must weigh ten pounds each. Little yeah. River Band, Foreigner, Jean Shorts. <laughs> but the beauty of the cast iron tent—it was so waterproof. I mean, it's just. <laughs> but then you got to season it like every night, right? And it was not getting lightning storms either. <laughs> so uh, there was uh, pluses and minuses to that. Late 1970s, we're still hovering around the hundred highest. So we've got the Catskill 100 highest. Late 19. 19- 70s. Now we're getting up towards 200 peaks when in 1977 a man climbs the New Hampshire 3,000 footers 175. All right, wow, we're up near 200. 1979, the Vermont 3,000 footers. There is 100. There are 109 of those. Whoa! Then this is a really big deal. I think this is the top three. Greatest peak bagging achievements ever. Ooh, could we get some names with these ones too, Eric? Yes, we, we can them? get some names. I know this guy. His name is Tom Sawyer. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a second. <laughs> Didn't Rush one. make a song about this yeah. guy? <laughs> so he used to hike mostly with Huckleberry Finn. And no, he didn't. Uh, he, no, I know this His guy. name is Tom Sawyer, and additionally humorous, his wife's name is Diane Sawyer. So we have wow. Tom Sawyer and Can't Diane make that Sawyer. shit up. You cannot. So Tom Sawyer, June 23, 1980, back when I was six years old. Tom Sawyer climbs Maine's The Traveler. It's way out in the north end of Baxter. Finishes climbing every 3,000-foot peak in New England, 451 peaks. Whoa. Really big what? deal back then. This is 1980. All, all of New England? All of New England. Wow. So he's That's got wild. 165 peaks in Maine, 175 in New Hampshire, 109 in Vermont, and two in Maine. Oh, my God. That's got to be at least like a week Wait, of hiking. Two in Massachusetts, maybe? Two in Massachusetts. Is that, okay. Yes. Greylock and then Saddleball, both That's, on the AT. Oh, my. 
1980, boom, wow. up to 451. He blew everybody away. Yeah. Nobody could believe he did <laughs> That's it. huge. We go back to the Adirondacks, and somebody climbs the 100 highest peaks in 1997. This time they use the 200-foot rise rule, so that's 217 peaks. The other big milestone, August 1997. There's a gentleman named John Swanson and Dennis Crispo. They climbed the highest peak in Pennsylvania, which is Mount Davis, to finish climbing the 773,000-footers of the entire Northeast. Whoa. Whoa. In, and Pennsylvania is included in the Northeast for that list? Four in Pennsylvania. Probably like the Poconos region. They're all kind of close to each other. Um, yeah. I think maybe down by the Maryland border because I know oh, the yeah. highest oh. peak in Maryland is over 3,000. Okay. Wow. That makes sense. Yeah. So what they did, they did Tom Sawyer's list from 1980. Yeah. They threw in 217 peaks in the Adirondacks, 98 peaks in the Catskills, four in Pennsylvania. 770 peaks, 1997. God. 97. That's insane. Why? Pretty neat, pretty neat. And I know both those guys, great hikers, really nice guys, love wilderness. That's cool. So nothing wow. really happens for a while. Nothing happens for five years. Okay. So we go up to 2002, and this very interesting gentleman, John Person, who lives in Randolph, New Hampshire, hikes New Hampshire's 300 highest peaks. But that was part of a bigger goal. So the last day of October 2009, John finishes the 1,000 highest peaks in New England. So that's every single peak in New England above 2,400 feet. Whoa. And I, I've talked to John before. I know a little bit of his hiking style. There's no way he hiked fewer than 900 solo. He's a big-time solo hiker. Wow. So that really neat. What? Really neat. Man. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, some of these peaks, when you get down into these lists, this is where you're climbing – Quite a few peaks that you have no clue if they've ever been climbed. So if you're up there and it's first growth forest, it's not near an iron mine. It wasn't by logging operations. There's no doubt person was the first of many peaks up there. That's so wild to it's pretty think cool. about that. Yeah. Being you have to think of the peaks there. in Maine oh, where yeah. he would have to get a mountain bike. He was telling me this story. He got on a mountain bike and he mountain biked 20 or 25 miles down a railroad track just way into the middle of Maine, hung out there for a couple of days, climbed a bunch of peaks, and he rode back out, and it just destroyed the track. <laughs> the tracks destroyed the bike, so he just left it on the side of the tracks and walked the rest of the way out by himself. Oh, my God. I mean, some of the, pe some of the peaks in Maine are really remote. Oh, really yeah. Remote. Yeah. That's also, if you want a free mountain bike, it's out on those tracks <laughs> out there. It's probably still up there. Actually, if you want a free mountain bike, just... Go to any railroad tracks. I'm sure they're just <laughs> yeah. littered with them. <laughs> so that was in 2009. Okay. So uh, with all modesty in mind, my name now comes up. I finished Woo! hiking uh, every 2,000-foot peak in the Catskills. There are 387, and that was in 2012. Okay, nice list. Yeah. Uh, we have the New Hampshire 500 highest peaks. <sighs> 500 mountains? Hike in 2016 in by a gentleman named Brian Cudahy. His name's probably going to come up. And then the last entry on the non-winter history of peak bagging. Uh, again, it's yours truly. Uh, finished climbing the 601 2,500 footers of the Adirondacks. And I believe I did that uh, just a couple weeks after I was here last time. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Didn't you right. finish with the Northwest Cooksacrago? Is that right? Or was that just a winter list? That was a winter list oh. that I was working oh, on. Oh, no, yeah. The one right. you were finishing was down near the maybe the Silver Lake Wilderness area and there. You got it. Yeah. Silver Lake Wilderness area right above White House uh, near the Northville Passage Trail. 
So before we dive into the winter peak bagging, which is a whole other world of insanity. <laughs> yeah, you I, get to eat your nachos with your hand, apparently. Like I saw Wade do that. Out of a Ziploc time. bag. <laughs> I made a game for Eric Schlimmer. Oh it's, my god. Can, can Eric name is, that topic? Is this the surprise okay. you were speaking of earlier? Yes, this is my big surprise. Oh, okay. It oh is big. God. Those are large printouts. These are very if you're watching via the teleprompter, hi Japan. Hey Japan. Uh, <laughs> we have very large old timey maps of the Adirondacks. Time. I have covered up a <laughs> toponym, and Eric hasn't seen these maps before. He is going to have to name the toponym feature that is beneath the post-it uh, note. Okay. So I'm holding up this God. first map. What is the general region you're seeing, Eric? What do you see here? Which part of the Adirondack Park are you looking at? We're looking at the northern tip of Long Lake and the very western extent of the western high peaks. So what does the post-it note read on the southeast side of Long Lake, Eric? I guarantee if I lift this up, it will be Camp Shaw Mountain. What does the post-it say? It says, Camp Shaw Mountain. Yes! Wow! That's fucking amazing! <laughs> now, here, what the fuck is Camp Shaw Mountain? <laughs> here, here's the question. Um, who the hell is it named after? Who is Kemp Shaw? <laughs> Uh, exhaustive research has not revealed the source of the name. It's Whoa! a no! total mystery. Total mystery. Cool. See, there's still mystery out there, kids. Stay yes. in school, but get outside. Yes. But then go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in school, get outside, go back to school. The next map. Ready for uh, this? Okay, okay. <clears throat> Please read the post-it too, Eric, for the people who oh, aren't, yes. who aren't living you. in Japan. Yes, okay. Okay, so now we're looking at Racket Lake, uh, just west of Racket Lake, and the post-it note says, it would be a cardinal sin if you miss this one, and the cardinal point, of course, is West Mountain. Yes! Woo! <laughs> 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 okay. Two for okay. two! He's two for two. So wow. there's one more in here, because this is just a 25-minute segment. You know, you can't do this forever. Yes, yes. But I do believe that I will stump... Mr. Slimmer. Oh, oh no. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Dude, no, no way. Eric. If, Bitch Mountain. If you wouldn't mind, Eric, for, <laughs> for the people, yes. if you would please, one, read the post-it, and okay. then set the scene. Set okay. the scene set of the where scene. we are in the Adirondacks, because it is uh, different. Okay. Oh, Lord. <laughs> wow. <Ooh>. Okay. <laughs> Uh, this is the Old Forge, New York map. We've got Hanadaga Lake I at love the Old bottom, Forge. South Lake at the bottom, and then you have the, the chain of lakes up in the settlement of Old Forge. I don't do a lot of hiking. Name this cold horse shit Eric. <laughs> Name this cold, cold, cold horse shit. Uh-oh. I have hiked one mountain in this area, and that was Ice Cave Mountain. Oh my God! Ah! Are you What's kidding that? me? I thought it was going to be the water park. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you knew Ice Cave Mountain. Yes, what? ice. Yeah, that's. What uh, is Ice Cave Mountain? 
It, it's a it's a mountain. Apparently, it has a cave that I didn't come across. I've hiked two peaks in that area. I see Ice Cave Ice Cave Mountain. Next to it is Horn Lake, and next to it is unnamed Horn Lake Peak. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> is there an ice cave on Ice Cave Mountain? I would presume so. Good. Yes. Good. So maybe maybe it was like Nick Ice Cave that went up there at first. Could be someone's last name, but you gave Nick a good you kid. gave a good clue. I mean, the cold, and I I really only know two mountains down that way. Excellent. Well, that was fun, <laughs> Eric. Take us into winter peak bagging, if you would. Yes. Yeah, so speaking of ice, all right. So we covered <laughs> non-winter dating back to 1925 when the 4,000 footers were first climbed, and we took you all the way up to 2018 when yours truly climbed all the 2,500 footers, yes. 601. So now winter and you thought the other stuff was impressive. This stuff is quite impressive. All right. So the non-winter started in 1925. Winter didn't take off until 1960. So 1960 was the year that the New Hampshire 4,000-footers were climbed in winter. Uh, by a, a husband and wife team, Bob and Miriam Underhill, they're big names in New England. So 1960, the 4,000-footers of New Hampshire. 1962, the Adirondack 46 is hiked by Edgar Bean, and he finishes on Blake Peak. So the Adirondack 46 Ugh. not climbed in winter till 1962. And this is great stuff because of the equipment he used. But in 1962, there are no herd paths. I mean, it's just straight oh, yeah. bushwhacking. God. Really impressive stuff. Circa 1968, the Catskill 3,500 footers in winter climbed by Ray Donahue. And I actually knew Ray Donahue he passed away last fall at the age of 92. Mm. He was the first to hike the Catskill 3,500-footers in winter, 13th to hike all the 4,000-footers in the Northeast, and first to complete a continuous hike of the 46. Wow. Yeah, this guy was a legend. He lived down in Downsville in the Catskills. Really nice guy. Retired wow. Reverend Ray Donahue. January 2, 1971. The Northeast 4,000-footers are climbed by Jim Collins, and he finishes on a 4,000-footer in Maine. So now we've got the Northeast 111, really 115 peaks today, done in 1971. 1979, New Hampshire 100 highest in winter by Tom Sawyer. He's the guy who <laughs> climbed all the 3,000-footers. Wow. A real shyster, that Tom Sawyer. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Uh, Tom Tom's name comes up again. New England 100 highest are done. 1979, Tom Sawyer. 1984, New Hampshire 3,000 footers. There are 175. 1984, those are climbed. 1986, New Hampshire 200 highest. So not a real big deal. Somebody just tacked on an extra 25 peaks. Yeah, just an extra 25 winter Just an extra 25 peaks. in winter. Not that winter. big of a deal. <laughs> Not a big deal at all. A weekend, really. Yeah, a long weekend. Yeah, three-day weekend. <laughs> Weekending in New England. 1989, Vermont 3,000-footers climbed in winter. There are 109 of them. So you could see people are chipping away at the 3,000-footers in New Hampshire. Another guy climbs them in Vermont. Tom Sawyer is back. He, re what? He, he repeats the entire New England list in winter. Oh, my God. Paint the town, Tom. So four, That's awesome. 451 New England 3,000-footers in winter, and he is a high-class guy because he finishes again on the Traveler. That's wow. wild. <laughs> very, very cool. And we don't really do it in the Adirondacks. When you bushwhack in New Hampshire... 
Maine, Vermont, you're going to come across some homemade Summit canisters. It's an empty jelly jar. It's an empty salsa jar, notebook, pencil inside. And I read countless entries by Tom Sawyer doing this winter list in throughout the 80s. And oh, it would wow. say, woke up this morning, 32 below, <laughs> uh, now up to 19 below, off to such and such peak. And he's doing peaks in the winter that I could barely finish in the summer. He did a lot of 18-hour days. My God. And most of the time solo. This guy's a warrior. Whoa. Yeah. Do you think if you went out there to some of those now, his name would still be in those registers? Like, how often do you think those ones get changed out? Right. So the last time I was up that way is when I finished all the 3,000-footers in the Northeast. Um, you know, let's say somebody put up 100 canisters that he signed into. Maybe 10 are left. You know, falls mm-hmm. on the ground, it gets blown over, it yep. smashes, it gets wet. So there are still some pretty cool entries from the 80s. Wow. Nice. These oh, that gentlemen. must be so, so cool to see. Yeah, and Tom, I, I recently spoke to him. He's now in his 80s, mm-hmm. but he's so good. He's now <laughs> specifically doing the 48, 4,000 footers over the age of 80. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Man, yeah, I want to be like that when I grow up. Yeah, I know it won't happen, but it would be cool. <laughs> pretty neat. Pretty yeah, neat. That's awesome. All right, so that's pretty impressive. Yeah, we've got the 100 highest peaks in winter in the Adirondacks, climbed in 2002. So you can see that wow. the Adirondacks are terra incognita, incognita, incognita. It's mm-hmm. 2002 when we do the 100 highest. But people were doing the 100 highest in New Hampshire way back in the 70s. Yeah, well, yeah it's just something. Crazy. We're lagging behind. So it behind. takes a while to Man. catch on here. Yeah. And you can see the gaps in the years are pretty significant between these winter accomplishments. Now yeah. we're all the way up to 2008 already. Wow. Catskill 100 highest in winter climbed by yours truly. Woo! Nice. Yeah, hell yeah. Thank you very much. Crazy. Uh, 2009, the 217 Adirondack 3000 footers in winter Climbed by Alay Chevrette. A lot of people know Alay's name. He's done multiple rounds of the 46. 2010, I went back to the Catskills, finished climbing the 200 highest in winter. Very, wow. very pleasant list. And now people are trying to just get that number back up to approach Sawyer's records. So we have somebody that did the main 200 highest in 2019 that same year. Oh, wow. Uh, Brian Cudahy, who we mentioned earlier, did the 300 highest in New Hampshire. You wow. know, in my opinion, the the greatest achievements, two out of three are Tom Sawyer. He did the 451 uh, non-winter. He went back, did the whole list again. John Person did the 1,000 highest in New England. And then also the 773,000 footers uh, of the Northeast is pretty impressive, too, yeah. by uh, Crispo wow. and Swanson. Now, what I didn't get into are... Uh, what people are doing now, they're doing these continuous hikes. Well, I'm going to mm. hike all the 4,000-footers in the Northeast in winter and stuff like that. I didn't get into that because I I, I don't find it historical. It's, it's a no. difference of style. The only thing I can mention for a difference in style, when you mentioned Guy Waterman before, uh, this is very impressive. And not many people know this because Guy Waterman was a very modest guy. So he mentions this in the book Forrest and Craig, but he makes it sound like somebody else did it. And what he did, it was mostly in the 1980s, the 48 4,000-foot peaks in New Hampshire, each cardinal point during winter. 
So what? He'd, he'd bushwhack it from the north, from Just the east, straight. from the south, and from the west. Right, and no matter how far it was. <laughs> So, wow. you know, if he has to do Owl's Head from the south, he would just bushwhack 10 or 12 miles, however far it is, and he would have to camp out several nights just to get these peaks done. Just that is amazing. A, that is incredible. And so, uh, I'm sorry, he did it from each cardinal point in one season or over No, so- no, oh. just, yeah, one lifetime. Okay. One, one lifetime. One okay, lifetime. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Pretty that impressive. Is... Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> my question is, for fuck's sakes, why? But yeah, I guess why? just because. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because that, yeah. they're there. So, Eric, the listeners might be curious what your next goals are, because we've heard that you're on this list a lot for both winter and summer accomplishments. What are you doing now, now that you've hiked all of these peaks? What's next? Well, I'm kind of getting away from peak bagging. So, you know, I've been up the 3,000 footers, 2,500 footers. You know, I don't have enough years left for every 2,000 footer. I don't think that could be done. <laughs> uh, so I visit named features. I think we talked about this a little last time. So mm-hmm. I'll pick a chunk of state land, let's say giant mountain wilderness area, and I'll go and visit every single topographic fe- feature. It's really fun because I never go above 2,500. I've already done all of them. So I'm going up <laughs> these little 2,000-foot peaks, 1,800-foot peaks, remote ponds, rivers, streams, and it's kind of like a well-deserved vacation after the really heinous bushwhacking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. When, and when, of course, clothespin factories. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> of course. Yes. Clothespin factories of the Northeast. <laughs> a guidebook. <laughs> and the patch just says, a giant clothespin. <laughs> yes. Held on by another clothespin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't sew it on. <laughs> it's made of cast iron. <laughs> so, hey, was there a, foot, a Footstuff podcast bump with Cradle of the Union? I am happy to report, and I will give you all credit. Cradle of the Union, it's not to say my other books are lousy. Cradle of the Union has outsold all prior titles oh, combined. Combined. Wow. wow. Whoa. That's awesome. Man. I have sold 12 copies. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. No, I, I've sold quite a few copies. Uh, <laughs> 12's not bad. Yeah, 12's a dozen. <laughs> not quite a baker's dozen, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I always like a baker's dozen. And what I think it comes down to is simply the amount of people, right? So in Albany, you have 90,000 people. In the capital region, you have half a million. You know, I did a police name book to the trans Adirondack group. We've had 13 thru-hikers, right? So sometimes it's just about the numbers, but it gave me hope in two ways. One, people still actually read, and yeah. people really care about history. Yeah. Did I see that you're working on a new, it's a, a photo book, isn't that correct? Yeah, so I saw um, that too. Yeah. yeah, I'm always writing something. So, probably three weeks from today, my first coffee table photo book comes out. Awesome. Whoa. And cool. it's special. So, a couple of special things about it. One, all the photos are from off trail. There's no trails, no roads, none of that. So, it's way back in. Wow. The last book to do that was released in the mid 90s. So, that hasn't done, been done for a while. Another thing, only 1,000 copies, and, and that's it. I'm never going to do another printing. It's just 1,000. If you get one, you get one. If you don't, you don't. Also, the photos, no filters, no Photoshop. It's just 100% natural photography. Uh, so that's going to come out uh, probably about three weeks, and it's 340 photos. It's a hefty, hefty book. I got the proof oh, copy wow. the other day, and it looks great. So that'll be out soon. That's and amazing. And it's all from the Adirondacks? All Adirondacks. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. What's it going to be called? Color Remote. 
Ooh. Color remote. I because like yes, a thousand copies. Yeah, just a thousand copies, and they're each going to be signed and numbered on the back, kind of like an artwork style release. So the other thing I'm working on, why I knew about the foundation and this clothespin factory and stuff like that, briefly. So the Adirondack Park is cut into 92 towns, right? Town of Keene, Town of Harrodstown, Dwayne, Brighton, Chesterfield, whatever. So I'm writing the settler history of all 92 towns. Even of whatever? <laughs> Even <laughs> yeah. the town of whatever. <laughs> well, it, it, it's quite possible seeing Malone is now a county somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so the settler history so who showed up where are they from what's their genealogy first sawmill first gristmill first forge first schoolhouse everything and it's so oldie timey that it doesn't even mention the logging era this is like who showed up with an axe and a rifle and that's about it and here we <laughs> are today so cool oh yeah, that's my god rad. that's amazing <laughs> hey, yeah how are you doing all the research for that like where are you looking into things well we're very fortunate in that it was a big thing in the 1800s to have somebody write a county history so we have a history of clinton county a history of franklin county a history of warren county they're massive books about 1100 pages they're online and you can download them as a pdf so I'll read all through that. And then, I mean, you can do anything online now. All the genealogical research is online. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can figure out that genealogy. I can figure out the history. And then when each chapter is written, it's sent to the town historian, and they're kind enough to provide feedback. But it's going to be massive. There are 92 towns. I have 30 done, and it's bigger than the street name book. Wow. So it's wow. probably going to be two volumes. Oh, my God. God, that's, that's gonna be so amazing, cool. Though. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, wow. and the, every single chapter, not making a hard sell, every single chapter is just you read it and you're like, I'm the biggest wuss in the world. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> any kind of old timey stuff always makes you feel real it's soft ridiculous. in the middle. <laughs> it's like just, I am an actual jelly donut. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I, out of the thirty chapters, I have at least three instances already where they emigrated from Connecticut 200 to 250 miles away. The wife is on horseback cradling the newborn child. Just at least three instances of that already. That's how Matt Bear got here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, true story. They were probably yeah. still dressed nicely too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if the coffee book table is going to be coffee col- book table color coffee book table <laughs> coffee table book what was it? Called? You said coffee book table. What's it called? Coffee, coffee table, table book. Coffee table book. <laughs> coffee table book. <laughs> that bubble in not your much brain is yeah. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> There's like weird steam coming out of your ears. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Break it down for me, Wade. Coffee, coffee. book table. Coffee table book. Dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> if that one's being called color remote, what's this extra thick one going to be called? Catch this? Catch, I got the, this volume one. I got the title from a description of a man who got a ride to Albany somehow. Uh, this is mid-1800s, and he wanted to get up to the town of Peru, so he just walked 100 miles up Frozen Lake Champlain and cut down a bunch of trees and just walked back to Albany. <laughs> <laughs> and all he Paul had... Paul <laughs> <laughs> Just him and the ox. <laughs> Uh, he was carrying just an axe and a rifle, so the title of the book is 
with an axe and a rifle. Oh, that's going to be so good. Sounds amazing. <laughs> that is such a good title. It is man. a good title. <laughs> wow. Incredible. That's awesome. <laughs> well, thank you, Eric, for bringing this history. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to plug all these books again. We're going to plug for Footstuff Nation. Only a thousand, Wade. There's only a thousand. He's probably only going to sell like 12 anyways. You'll probably be able to get one. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, gang. Welcome back to Footstuff Podcast. And thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can subscribe to this high-quality outdoor recreation comedy on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. If you like what you hear and you're thirsty for more, leave us a review on iTunes. Like a few of these nice people did. Uh, there's a few. We got one from Caitlin H., and we got another review from someone named Caught in the Camera Eye, which I, I'm curious about. Is that Caught in the Camera Eye or Cotton Camera Eye? <laughs> cotton Camera Eye. Sure. So, hey, Cotton. <laughs> cotton says, deliciously entertaining and, and informative. Uh, they inspire their listeners to find their own foot stuff uh, through conservation, activism, and awareness. I do not get up to the Adirondacks as much as I would like to, but these guys bring the Adirondacks to me at the office or nice. in the field. They end with, keep putting one foot in front of the other. If I could give you six out of five stars, I would. Well, I will anyway. And then he left six asterisks or Hell she. yes. We do accept six-star reviews. <laughs> we do. Five or six. Yep. Should we change it to just six now? <laughs> Maybe we should. Yeah, just Is the uh, yeah, race? Only six. Fuck iTunes. We'll just do a six-star review. <laughs> Send us your nonsense and we'll, we'll read it aloud. Poorly, but I'll try. Uh, also, I want to shout out Kara. That's on the Insta machine. JJNMe123. I met Kara for the first time. She's a huge wilderness advocate. She helped out uh, when the whole Boreas Ponds acquisition was going down. Kara was a great voice for wildness. Hi, Kara. It was nice to bump into you at the Leave No Trace uh, social media hotspot meeting. That was very nice to see you. Also, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Ryan Nerp because he's awesome. Das Nerp. Yes, Nerpman. Otherwise known as Ryan Narp on Instagram <laughs> because the Paul Smith's College Outdoor Club uh, Instagram page posted a photo of one of their groups with him on right and spelled his last name as Narp <laughs> and it was up for about 10 minutes before I messaged them and Nar- said, hey, Let's just start calling Nerp. him the Narp. Hi, Nar- the Narp. I will call him the Narp, absolutely. I <laughs> screenshotted it. It's real. <laughs> just one quick other thing is thank you, um, Jeremy and Matt for hiking with me in the White Mountains, and also Wade and Maggie. Thank you for gifting me the most delicious treat. A free the second most delicious treat. <laughs> <laughs> a free ice cream at the Pine The Cone first was an airline-sized bottle of Fireball. That was the most delicious. <laughs> Which, ice cream well, Actually, the, you forgot to mention the, other, the only other person on the summit also had an airline <laughs> bottle of Fireball. He did. That guy kicked That ass. was really funny. <laughs> Matt Baird, do you have any plugs? Uh, yeah, shout out to Carly, who is a big fan of Footstuff Podcast, who came hey, into Old Mountain Coffee. And Hi, Old Mountain thank Coffee. Thank you, Old Mountain Coffee, for providing refreshments for tonight's show. Have a delicious selection of mountain breads here. Jeez. Thank you, Steve. So good. Thanks, Gabrielle. That was awfully kind of you all. Eric had a mountain bread, too. I had a mountain bread and it was delicious. You heard it, it here. Yeah. Tell them Footstuff Podcast sent you. Keen Valley, Old Mountain Coffee. Wade Bastion. Uh, just a 
happy 16th birthday to our host, Tyler Oh, Sokin. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Wade. Forever every, 16. Every year he gets older, his shorts get a little bit shorter. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, do you have any plugs? Uh, yeah. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the usual suspects, Old Mountain Coffee, um, for employing our immigrant friends and our um, friends with long hair and no sleeves. Uh, also, Bliss and Vinegar, Cascade Ski Shop, Boreal Zine. Shout out to all of them. I think that's. Can you now follow them on Instagram? You can Jerry? actually. Uh, Boreal Zine does have a brand new Instagram account. Um, I believe it's called Boreal Zine. <laughs> follow them. Uh, whatever their messages are saying, just do what do what they tell you to do. You'll be <laughs> yeah. happy. Yeah. Well, once again. Eric Schlimmer, thank you for coming to bring the yeah, facts and the definitely. truth to Studio 7. We need more of that. <laughs> uh, we've been relying on Matt Bear's leather-bound notebook too much lately, so yeah, it's nice it to have... It is not trustworthy. No, thank you for bringing in all of the peak-bagging facts. And also, so impressive how many times your name came up and how many times... Uh, or it's always wonderful for me to see that the Adirondacks are almost never climbed. And so it's... Oh, Jeremy. Oh, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I did forget. I wanted to give a shout-out to that goon squad from Buffalo that we saw. <laughs> no, Hi, Buffalo. No, oh, that's right, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, the goon squad. The, yeah, the goon squad. Hey, this is our year. Let's go, Bills. Uh, so... <laughs> Last last thing, Eric Schlimmer, thank you for coming to Studio 7. Thank you for dropping that knowledge that Color Remote, the coffee table book, is coming out. Only 1,000 copies, so we're going to turn over so the mic cool. to you. Also, Cradle of the Union, plug yourself, please, Eric. So yes, more books. I'm a binge writer, as I was telling these guys earlier. So guidebooks and memoirs and place name books and all that other good stuff. So in a couple weeks... First coffee table photo book. It'll be very nice. All off trail, all bushwhacking photos. Eric, where are people going to be able to look this up? How can they get in touch with you? How can they follow you? How can they learn more? Yes. So I run two websites that we sell our all our wares through. TransADK. It's very simple. T-R-A-N-S-A-D-K.com. And the publishing company is Beachwood Books, but somebody already took the website address, Beachwood Books. So we had to shorten books. So it's B-E-E-C-H-B-K-S dot com. So TransADK and Beachwood Books. You can buy our stuff there, and you can follow us on Instagram. It's Instagram slash whatever they do, and it's T-R-A-N-S-A-D-K, TransADK. Who the hell took Beachwood Books, if not Beachwood Books? I believe it's a retail bookstore. Oh, okay. Yes, uh, where we're, yeah, they beat uh, us to it. All right. Uh, Kara, who I shouted out, said that she heard your episode with us in the fall, Eric, and bought the Adirondack High Peaks Toponyms book off of your website. That's very good. You guys will have to ask for finder's fees from this point (laughs) forward. I'm fine with that. Oh, quick question before we go. This came up uh, sometime around April, I think. Are you writing a book all on rappers' names? (laughs) Because <laughs> I was really excited Because I love or Future was, And your was post was about Fool Future uh, Apparently that person did not look at the calendar Yes, that is exactly what I thought But everyone Damn here it. said, no, it's serious People are so gullible on April 1st <laughs> it was, I, I was wild, everybody <laughs> I love Future Future